Good morning, East Point. Welcome to our uh, 2020 pandemic worship. What is this, number four? I think it's number four already, uh, where we've been gathering together in our own homes uh, to worship God for who he is and what he's done and what he's going to do. Uh, that's important to all of us. Well, as, as we always do, we want to start off with uh, praises. So if you want to start writing, do we already have a praise in? We're getting better at this. Yeah, we have a praise. Uh, Beverly <laughs> has about a 30% reduction in her tumor in her liver. Great. So Be Beverly has a 30% reduction in her tumor. So uh, God is healing her through her treatment, uh, which he does often. And uh, we're so thankful for that. And we're going to continue to pray for that. So put that on the prayer list too mm -hmm. until it's 100% gone. And uh, any others? Or should I go ahead and start some of my wonderful praises? I have a praise. Still about underwooding. Uh, my praise is just how much joy I've received um, in uh, giving out the cards. I had this thought, because my kids are talking about going out and doing it with me. What we're, what we're going to do, what I'm thinking about doing is get my kids together. They want to go out, and I, I'm just going to tell them, hey, let's go blow some money. We're just going to go blow some money and have some fun. Can't think of a better way of blowing money than going to McDonald's, buying some gift cards, and giving them out to people who are in need. It's one small way uh, that we can serve others uh, during this pandemic. And remember, it's called what? What's it called? Underwood. Underwooding. You underwooded them. And uh, we want to get that tradition going. Any other praises? How about that the economy's opening up and that we're going out and... Uh, we're excited to get, to get this thing rolling and started again. And really, I'm going to be talking about that, about how the church is to respond uh, in a time of crisis. And, uh, and uh, I started the title, uh, Carol sent it out, uh, Peace in the Storm. But as often is the case, it turned out to be a little different. Instead of peace in the storm, uh, the sermon ended up turning into courage in the storm. Uh, the Bible says a man makes his plans but God directs his steps. And I think I planned it and God said, er, we're going to go this direction. So we're going to talk about courage today. Praises. One more praise. School's out. Homeschool is, is over for summer. School's out. <laughs> Homeschool is over for summer. That's a, how's that a praise? They're still at home. You don't get to send them back. Well, the parents don't have to teach them. <laughs> oh, the parents don't have to teach them. They can just let them run around crazy around the neighborhood, terrorizing neighbors. Yeah. That's good, but, but I guess it is good that those who are not used to homeschooling, those who are working and homeschooling, like I've seen my sister-in-law do while she's visiting us with her daughter, it's tough, stressful, and, uh, you know, but I thank all the parents that have done that, and, uh, you know, I think we can learn something from this, and families coming together and uh, spending more time together is definitely a good thing that's come out of this. Let's go ahead and pray. Pray with me. Oh, Lord Jesus, uh, we do pray for, uh, for those who've lost loved ones who've served in the military. Many, many people in our nation, Lord, and uh, we pray for them. We pray that you would give them peace, Lord, that you would give them strength, uh, but, the, um, but their lost ones would be remembered and that we as Americans would not forget the sacrifices made by so many to allow us to worship freely, to live freely, travel freely. Uh, it's just amazing the sacrifice they've given up. Um, 
Lord, bless these families, Lord, and uh, help to protect those who are serving in the military today. Lord, help us to be the people you've called us to be. Help us to come together in unity as one church, one family, one faith, one baptism for the glory of Jesus Christ. For we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, today, as I said, uh, I want to talk to you about, uh, it's funny, man. My first line on here is, I want to talk to you about what the Bible has to say about peace. But uh, that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about courage during times of crisis. And uh, so many people are afraid as our communities and our businesses uh, start to reopen. Uh, people are just fearful, you know, and, uh, and of course there's, there are also people, you know, if you're on Facebook and you read the post and you actually believe some of them, there are people who have no fear because they think the whole thing's just some kind of government scam, you know, and, uh, but you ha anyway, you have people who are like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. We're all going to die from COVID-19. And then you got these people on the other side and they're like, there's no big deal. This is, this is all fake. So, you know, usually, I tell people, usually the truth generally lies somewhere in between the two extremes. I think this is, uh, this is um, true of this uh, virus. But whatever, wherever you may fall in between those two extremes, know this, that God does not want us to live in fear. God doesn't want us to walk around always afraid, you know, that the sky is falling, that, you know... Oh, God, I'm afraid, you know, something's going to happen. I don't want to do this. And you're just always worried all the time. Many people leave the, live their lives this way. And the Bible has a lot to say about it. And God doesn't want us to live in fear. We're his children. Uh, if your kid came to you, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to go to school. I'm afraid of my teacher. I'm afraid to play ball. I'm afraid. And kids have fears. What do you tell them? No. Let, go out. It's going to be okay. And something happens. I got your back. I'm your dad, your mom, I love you. God's the same way with us. He's like, go out, live, live life to the full. I'm your father. I have your back. And, uh, and ultimately, he, he's got us in his hand. And so, you know, um, we're not to live in fear. And I know what some of you are thinking now. Some of you smart guys who can remember a few weeks back when I was preaching, wait a minute, didn't you just preach on fear of the Lord? Yes, I did. Thank you for asking. Uh, but there's a big difference of what I'm talking about here. We are to fear being far from God. We're to fear separation from God. We're to fear even his discipline when we step out of line or step far away from him. We are never to fear life itself. Never. And uh, in other words, yes, life is scary. Yes, life brings all kinds of trials, tribulations, uh, wars, pandemics. I mean, life can be tough. There are horrific tragedies that take place daily. Just read the paper. And if you think about it and all the things that could happen, maybe we should just have a permanent lockdown, guys. You know what I mean? Just lock it down forever so we can all stay safe, you know? Uh, but did you know this? For some, nothing has changed with the COVID-19 uh, lockdown. There are people that live their whole lives this way. They're afraid to leave their home. In fact, there's a disorder called agoraphobia. And agoraphobia is people who are afraid to leave a safe environment, afraid to get out of their house. Sometimes they stay in their home for years. You know, it's generally uh, triggered by a loss of a loved one and they lose the loved one and, and they falsely believe 
that they will die if they go out and live. Well, that's no way, way to live. And, you know, you may ask, well, will they die? Yes, listen, eventually we're all going to die. You know, and that's the point the Bible makes. But if we live in fear, we're not truly living. Um, our timeless truth for today is this. If Christ conquered death, we should never be afraid of living. If you're a Christian, if you follow Jesus, if Christ conquered death, which he did, then we should never be afraid of living, even though there's danger out there. That's a part of life. 2 Timothy 1.7 is really where I'm pulling most of this from. This is a letter from Paul. You know, Paul is kind of a big-time pastor who taught younger pastors. Timothy's a younger pastor, and Paul writes him a couple of letters encouraging him. And this one letter, his second letter to Timothy that we have, he starts out by greeting and praying. And very early in the seventh verse of the book, he says this. He says, Tim, don't, don't remember your calling. Uh, don't, don't remember what God has called you to do. And he says this. He says, for God, Tim, don't be afraid, Tim. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of, and these three things I want you to remember, power, love, and self-discipline. Three things that the Holy Spirit gives us. And, and the context of this is Christians are being persecuted. I mean, Paul's writing this letter from prison. He's been in prison. And he's telling him, oh, keep preaching. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're in prison for preaching. And let me tell you, for Timothy, they would not have probably thrown him in prison because Paul was a Roman citizen. Timothy was not. They probably just killed him. So Timothy has a genuine fear of death. He's afraid. He's afraid to continue doing what God's called him to do. And uh, Paul says, no, 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 no. Remember your calling. And remember that God does not give us a spirit of fear of, or timidity. But he gives us one of power, love, and self-discipline. You know, the Holy Spirit actually makes you more outgoing, not more timid. He gets us to reach out and go places we never go on our own. And he calls us to do that. But uh, Paul's just reminded Timothy, hey, do what God told you to do. So for us, how does that translate? Well, we have to continue to do what God's calling us to do. We can never be afraid to go out and love people the way God's called us to love people. And, and the Holy Spirit produces fruit. Fear's not one of them, Paul says. But we've got three things that he mentions here in this verse, and it's power. Power to accomplish things God has called us to do. Did you know this, that throughout human history, that the church has led the charge in recovery from pandemics, from global pandemics? It's been the church all along. Um, I'll give you a few examples. In the second century, the Antonine Plague killed 25% of the Roman Empire. It was a horrific plague. It just, and they didn't have the health care that we have now. Uh, we're talking 2,000 years ago. People were hiding. People were scared. But not the church. No. At risk of their own well-being, they cared for the sick, and people took notice. In fact, scholars say that maybe this Antonine Plague is the reason the church exploded. 
Because people went, wow, they're not afraid of death. They're, wow, their faith is real. It's strong. They have a power that we don't have. Because uh, God gives us power. And uh, he also gives us love. He gives us love. The second thing that the Spirit gives us, he gives us power, he gives us love, he gives us self-discipline. And here's the thing. You go, how are they able to go out? 2,000 years ago, medical science wasn't very good. They didn't understand the plague, but they were able to go out and help those who were sick without fear of catching it. How? That second thing, love. See, their compassion was greater than their fear. And see, as followers of Christ, Christ calls us, each and every one of us, to have more compassion than we do fear. See, if we're afraid of what'll happen to us, oh, me, 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 we may never do anything. But when our compassion is greater than our fear, then we're able to go out. We're able to risk, you know, sensible risks, God-centered risks, not stupidity, you know. I'm sure they were careful when they went out and treated these people. I don't know if they washed their hands 2,000 years ago. Yes, I do know. They did wash their hands 2,000 years ago. And the thing that helped most 2,000 years ago in a pandemic is the thing that helps the most today uh, to wash your hands. But their compassion was greater than their fear. Then there was the uh, plague of uh, Cyprian. And uh, if you have a, a Catholic background, you might know the Saint Cyprian, you know, the great saint, who in the third century uh, led a charge. In fact, uh, the... The, uh, the Cyprian plague um, was actually believed now by medical science to be related to Ebola, the Ebola virus, which is very dangerous. 40% of people who contract Ebola today die. So this is a horrific plague. And the plague is named after the pastor. How does a plague get named after a pastor? I'll tell you how. See, Cyprian not only led his church, but all the surrounding churches to not be afraid of the virus, to go out, to serve the sick, to serve the needy. And uh, as a result, uh, they named the virus after this guy because they just went out at risk of their own well-being. Their compassion, their love was greater than their fear. I could literally go on all day, and I'm not trying to preach too long because I've been going too long online. I could go all day on the history of how the church has responded to pandemics and served the community and led everyone back into restoration uh, from these pandemics. I'll just mention one more, the bubonic plague. Martin Luther, you know, who was translating the Bible into German, who was doing the Reformation. It was a wonderful movement of the Holy Spirit. And uh, they told Martin, they knew he was important. They said, Martin, you gotta go hide, take your family, go away. And he said, no. He said, Christian policemen do not leave their post. Christian doctors do not leave their patient. And Christian pastors do not leave their congregations. And he stayed. And you know what? He lost his little daughter from the bubonic plague, but never regretted his decision to stay and serve the community. So God gives us power and supernatural compassion and discipline. Discipline, what does that mean? What does that mean to East Point? Well, first of all, it means that we should be the first in going out and sharing the love of Christ. We should never be afraid of living. You know, uh, there's a lot of controversy about these little things right here. These uh, little face masks that people are wearing. And right now, one of my jobs, the company actually requires me to wear this. And 
There's a lot of people saying this doesn't do any good, but you may have heard a lot of people say, oh, don't wear those things. They don't protect you. They really, they don't protect you. But you know what it does protect? If I sneeze, it protects everybody around me. So it makes them feel more comfortable. I wear this not only because my employer says to wear it, but I wear it to make other people safe. And even if not, even if it's just for their comfort level, as a Christian, I want to do that for them. I want to show compassion towards others. And who knows, man, you know, I may, I could be a carrier and I don't want to sneeze and have thousands of droplets go around. So anyway, we want to be sensible when we go out and serve. We want to be careful, but we don't want to be afraid uh, because Christ has overcome death and it gives us the power to not be afraid. We should be self-disciplined. We should be out sharing the love of Christ as the economy opens up. We should never be afraid of going out and living life. John 10, 10, words of Jesus says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come so that they, that's us, may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants you to live life. Jesus wants you to go to the beach. Jesus wants you to love your kids. Jesus wants you to enjoy his creation. You can't do that if you're in your house all the time. And so God has called us to go out. We're not to fear death. So, so let me just give you a few things of what this might look like as we go out as Christians, what the Bible teaches us. First of all, we're to obey the law. You know, our Christianity doesn't give us an excuse not to obey the law or, you know, to do, if they say that we have to do this, then we just have to do it. We get this from Romans chapter 13, one and two, Paul says this, everyone must submit to governing authorities. Watch this. This is why. For all authority comes from God. And those in position of authority have been placed there by God. I remember what Jesus said to Pilate. <laughs> you have no power but what my Father in heaven above has given you. It goes on to say, so anybody who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God instituted and they will be punished. See, there, now, there are times when we do rebel against the authorities. Only, only when it involves taking our Bibles away, worshiping God freely as we're doing now, and uh, gathering together as we're going to be doing shortly or as we're doing online. When the government says that, then God gives us, okay, okay, you can rebel against them because they're, they're trying to fight me. And uh, I'm thinking a couple Bible stories, uh, Daniel and the lion's den. Um, I'm thinking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they got into that furnace and <laughs> they didn't burn. And I mean, it's just amazing. But, but they were willing to rebel against the authorities because the authorities were saying, can't worship God. But other than that, you have no excuse because God's put them there and God can work on them. And sometimes you just have to submit to authorities even when you don't want to. Even, watch this, when it's not even like right. You know, you still can't rebel unless it's rebelling against God. So we're to obey the law, number one. Number two, we respect one another, okay? Once again, I'm going to go back to this. We're to respect one another, okay? However that may look like, you know, uh, Philippians 2, 1 and 4. I love this, Philippians chapter 2. Paul says, second, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, 
if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Watch this. Having the same love, the love of Christ, we all have the same love, being one in spirit and mind, we're all together going in the same direction. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the own interests of others. Uh, and that's what God's call us, calling us to do, is consider others. And they take notice when we consider others. And then thirdly and lastly, understand this as we go out, church. They're watching. Your friends are watching. They're, looking at, they're always watching and looking at your faith. But during times like this, we have opportunities to prove our faith and show our faith. Um, the people you know that don't have faith are looking for you. They're looking to you to lead the way out of this pandemic. And God's given us an opportunity. John 13, 35, Jesus said this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. I close with a story, but before that, I'm gonna say this. Christians run to a crisis, not away from it. Christians always run to a crisis. They never run away. Tell you a story about one of my uh, mentors, Mike Adkins. He's the pastor of Grace Orlando. And uh, I was so fortunate to have him mentor me as I was young. Had Orlando Rivera, I had Bill Underwood when I did my internship. And I would go over and meet with Mike Adkins and he would teach me and share things. And I remember him telling me a story about when he was in school and he was pre-med. And he didn't think he was gonna be a pastor any ambition of being a pastor, but he did have faith. Uh, he had a strong faith and he was serving as an intern during the AIDS pandemic. This is in the eighties. This was early on when we didn't understand AIDS and no one really knew how it was transmitted. And yet this young medical intern had the duty of going in a facility full of AIDS patients and caring for them. Now as a young man, even a man of faith, that's scary not knowing if it was airborne, not knowing if touching or being in close proximity every day and caring for people who are suffering with sores. And I remember Mike telling me this. He said, finally, I just came to a point as I prayed about it where I just said, to heck with it. If I die, I die. But I'm going to go in and take care of those people. See, that's the kind of faith that the Holy Spirit, the kind of courage, the kind of strength, the kind of love that the Holy Spirit produces. And did you know Mike went in and took care of those AIDS patients and led some of them to Christ? And you know what? We found out later, he was really in very little danger at all. But he knew that even if he died, that the power that rose Christ would rise him as well. And he will us as well. After all, there's one meeting that none of us will miss, and that's death. All of us will die eventually. The question is, how will you live? Will you live your life well? Will you live your life with the strength of the Holy Spirit, the power, the love, and the self-discipline? Will you go out and serve your communities and others? And uh, the answer to that is, yes, we will, East Point. And we will encourage those around us to do the same as we move together in serving our communities and seeing what God has for us, this is an opportunity 
to shine, church. So go, let your light shine brightly. Do not be afraid. Be smart. Be smart. Wash those hands, but serve God in everything you do. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for your spirit that dwells within us, that will rise us, Lord, one day to meet with you. Lord, we should never be afraid to live. Lord, we should, we should lead the charge out of the gates, Lord, and lead the people who do not have you to walk with them. You are our strength, Lord. You are our power, Lord. You produce a love that is beyond anything we can do on our own. Lord, give us the self-discipline to know when to do and know when to not do. And uh, Lord, just uh, help us to shine your light brightly in this world. In Christ's name we pray, amen.